Some shows lean left, some lean right, but we lean local and business. This is North Georgia Business Radio X with Bo Henderson. For the next hour, we will celebrate the businesses in our area and the people that run them. Find us on Facebook at North Georgia Business Radio X and online at NorthGeorgiaBusinessRadioX.com. Now, here's Bo Henderson. Okay, Bill, I don't know about you, but it seems like the longer I'm here in North Georgia, and that's been my whole life, right, that it seems to get hotter and hotter. And I don't know if that's just my age or what's going on. Have you noticed that? Well, I'd rather not comment about age myself, Bo, but I, <laughs> I think what I will say is it gets wetter and wetter. Although I remember when I moved here in 1988, I remember that spring, it deluged every day. And that's when I started calling this place Rainsville, Georgia, instead of Gainesville. And I think it still fits. Well, and it's been an extremely wet year this year, it seems like, as it is outside now. Yes, I had to water my lawn once. Thank goodness, and the good Lord took care of it the rest of the time. Well, back to the heat. Now, one of the things I've had over the, the last couple of years, I've had a couple issues with the air conditioning unit going out. And you realize, Well, then you weren't using this company. That's right. That's why we, have the, we need to talk here. But I realized real quick how comfortable we ha- we've gotten with air conditioning and being able to have air conditioning and having a house that's 82 degrees isn't very fun so i think let's bring in our guest today and let's talk to how do we make sure this doesn't happen what are they doing you know we just love to hear about our local businesses and what they're doing in the community great i'm delighted to introduce our listening audience to conditioned air systems a long-standing leadership company in the hvac industry we have with us the president, Andy Kalinoskis, and also the vice president of public relations and community development, Brooke Kalinoskis. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are y'all? Well, you know, I always like to start with the beginning. So, guys, one, thanks for being here. But, two, give us a little bit of the background history of conditioned air systems here. Well, my dad, Doug Magnus, started Conditioned Air in 1983. He had worked with another heating and air company for about 20 years prior to that. And his father was also in the business, so he had been around the heating and air business his whole life. It was practically in the genes. Yep, it was. It was. So, but he had a dream, and so um, in 1983, he began that dream in a small building over by Grove Street, Okay. I was very, very small, so I, I've seen pictures of it. I know where that is. Yes, but then they moved across the street um, to, on Grave Street for a, a long time. Okay. Well, one thing about your father, Doug, is that he not only helped build the industry, but he's been an, an, a very significant community leader as well. And I know that's uh, you might want to say something about that being a part of the the company's philosophy, the giving back, the supporting charitable causes. Talk about that a little bit, please. Well, that's always been super important to him, and as it was my granddad who kind of passed that on to um, all of us. Um, we were always told to give a little, save a little, and spend a little. little. I th- he still writes that on the Christmas cards to our children, so I'm sure that will go on for a long time. Um, we're, we're super involved in Eagle Ranch, and choices um the boys and girls clubs and there's not really many things he doesn't like to be a part of well and that's what we've noticed on this show and it's just like like your businesses it's our local business owners that really support a lot of the things that go on this community a lot of these great organizations uh 
So, Andy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump to you here. Sure. So, we've got a little bit of the history in the background. Now, tell us kind of you guys, your role today. Because we started with Brooke. Brooke Brooke's story started as a little girl, right? So, so the role today. Uh, my role today is I, uh, you know, obviously I graduated college in 1999 and uh, moved to Gainesville in 2001 with Brooke. Um, I started in the uh, HVAC industry uh, there in 2001. Um, since then, I've grown, uh, you know, learning the industry. Um, it's a very rewarding industry, and there's not a day that goes by that I don't learn something about it. So uh, for the last, you know, 18, 19 years, I've been working in the business, and um, there's been an opportunity to come aboard and or become the president, and that happened uh, in 2017. So since 2017, um I've got my uh, general contractor's license, so we can work on um, general uh, contract work as well. And um, I've uh, since married Brooke, obviously, and uh, <laughs> um, jumped over that a part. A long time ago. A long time ago. So uh, jumped over that part. But um, love Gainesville, love the area, um, don't see myself leaving anytime soon. So Ever. Proud to be a part. So it continues to be a family business, just growing the family correct uh so so this is I, I like to mix the business with people getting to know you guys so what's the secret you guys act like you're getting along and you work together is they act any, like it yeah is there any kind of secret to that she stays at home a lot oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. y'all have very distinct roles and resp- i like he that. works on a day-to-day basis with my sister uh, and yeah. So, yeah. okay got it yep yeah. bo i think um one thing getting back to the the company's charitable involvement since you, Bo, we mentioned quite often, very proudly, you're a former Georgia Bulldog player. And I would say University of Georgia has been a very important part of the conditioned air family. It has. And, and we also, as a family, have our own family foundation. So Georgia has definitely been huge. We don't miss Saturdays in Athens. And I'm really <laughs> sad what this um, year is going to look like. That was one of the first things that had to get Andy used to because... He went to Penn State. So that was, he's doing well now. He sets up the trailer and he actually. Can he woof woof? Can yes, he, he can yes. yell. And and, um, and my kids are on the Georgia train for sure. Indoctrinated. So, I like that. Yes. So, yeah. Can you do the whole go dogs, Andy? I like it. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's required on this show, isn't it, Bob? That's right. Well, we brought up, uh, sports is one thing, Brooke. You're right. It's, it's going to be a unique season. But how, how have you guys been navigating business has that changed your business significantly or what are you doing to address this very bizarre 2020 that we've been having i'll let andy answer that i mean we've had to do the normal things as everyone the mask and Mm -hmm. the social distancing and um checking the fevers and making sure i mean you know a lot of times you have to depend on if if you don't feel well you need to stay home so we've really tried to let our employees know that. I mean, prayerfully, nothing. We have hadn't hadn't had anything so far, and we've been going strong since the beginning because everyone wants air conditioning when it's ninety five. I was going to say that doesn't stop. It didn't go away. So no, business has stayed right. pretty much the same throughout the whole pandemic. And your uh, technicians still go into homes and into businesses. Yeah, and there's some extra steps they're taking now uh, versus, uh, you know, prior to the pandemic. Um, you know, we do like to, you know, stay six feet away as, as long as possible. We like to wear the mask, um, pretty much follow the CDC guidelines. Um, the guys all have uh, hand sanitizer 
we gave them all hand sanitizer so they use that on a regular basis um i know in the beginning our coordinators would call like the day of and say you know make sure everyone was healthy before we put someone in a home or you know vice versa that's probably calmed down a little bit but i know we were doing that in the very beginning just to make sure they feel comfortable with us entering their home so well that, that's the other thing so was there anything um coming out of all this and all these extra steps anything that might be something positive that came out of it that might uh, help us moving forward and, and it's it's gonna i ask in my business i've had to learn to embrace technology more in our clients too so i just didn't know if there was something with maybe even just the interacting with clients and the some of the social distancing that might come out the other side that, hey this was actually a good thing that came out of this yeah, one thing that's really, you know, this this pandemic has really forced us to become paperless um, and, and, and start doing things uh, with iPads, uh, whether it's invoicing, um, billing, payments, all those kind of associated things. It's really forced us to essentially go paperless, and that's been a goal of ours for years. It's I don't know. Never, I'm sorry. Go ahead. ahead. It's just we've just never had anybody had anything push us towards that, and it finally it finally has. So no, and I've noticed that too that some of this has has pushed forward objectives that we just never got had time to get around to getting getting done. So yeah, so some good 100% things. Correct. And yeah. what's the old saying? Necessity is the mother of invention. That's right. Yeah. Well, so one of the things I want to do, guys, is, is, when we come back, I want to talk a little more about um, you know what kind of businesses you work in, um, your ideal client base, and I even want to do a little vision casting. We talked about coming to where we are today, but I even like to get your ideas and thoughts about where we might be three, five years, ten years down the road. We'll get to that in a lot more when we come back, right here on North Georgia Business Radio X. Ah, boy, we're having a great conversation here with Conditioned Air Systems, learning a lot about the company, and we want to learn a little bit more. In fact, I'd like to ask Andy and Brooke, how wide is your service area? I know we mentioned Gainesville, but I, I don't think you're just confined to the city limits here. So how, how wide an area do you serve? Typically, we're within an hour and a half drive of, condition, of Gainesville, Georgia. It's typically our radius of where we like to service. Now, obviously, there's some you know customers that might have a lake home, uh, which might be outside that service area. So obviously, we take care of that for them as well. So typically, uh, you know, driving to the location is not uh, a hindering factor. So one of the things I wanted to, to talk about, too, was kind of the, the service offering or maybe kind of what's the, the focus or there's certain clientele that, that you prefer or specialize in or kind of what's the range of services? Yeah, a lot of people um, uh, don't realize that Condition Air has a residential department. Um, you know, we started off over on Grove Street as a primarily commercial contractor. Um, since then, we've um, grown significantly in the residential market. Um, you know, all, all, it takes all of us, um, you know, to be successful. So I can't really, you know, pinpoint residential, commercial, light commercial. You know, there's a lot of uh, variety there. But we do uh, maintain and service anything from a window unit to centrifugal chiller. So, okay. I mean, we, we handle pretty much anything that's out there. So uh, any need? Any need. Okay. That's correct. I think one of the, uh, the most important observations that I've made about your company is I've known you over the years, and it's a great reflection on how you treat your team. And that is that you might speak for a minute about 
how many long-term employees you have. Uh, it is, uh, there's a tendency of, of many people to job hop, to move, to look for a better salary, better benefits, uh, uh, different working conditions, different people to work for, but your company's had great stability. And, and talk a little bit about that and what you attribute that to. Well, good leadership, first of all, is what I contribute that to. And that would be, you know, the owner, Doug, who's uh, since kind of stepped away as president. And that's where I filled in his role. But um, he does uh, had a he does have a high standard for his employees and he expects a lot out of them, but he gives a lot in return. Um, and you know, we have, just off the top of my head, roughly 10 to 15 employees which have over 20 years experience and have been working for a conditioner that long. So, uh, you know, I think that goes to uh, complement what you were just talking about, you know, that, that we have longstanding employees that we try and take care of and we love them as family and we want them to continue to be a, a strong asset for conditioner systems while making themselves a, a stronger individual and a, a good person as well. Well stated. And, of course... One of the one of the factors I see there are many benefits to that. One particularly would be the morale of the group, but I also see that it saves you from having to spend an enormous amount of time in recruiting and training. You've got the same people. Definitely correct. Um, not having to spend your resources searching for new talent uh, is definitely an, an advantage. And if you can hold on to what you have and work with, you know, I, we always like to try and hire for the personality and train them to do the job. Um, that's, that's kind of the motto when we, when we try and hire people. Um, because if you go the other route, you end up with somebody that might be very knowledgeable, but they don't represent you very well. Now, I've got a question. I, I'm thinking, okay, we need you guys when we have to have, have some maintenance, some things repaired, all the things we need you, but is there, this is an educational piece I'm looking for here, okay? Is there anything I could do or our listeners could do just to better maintain their, their equipment or their, their units in between? Yes. Okay. Uh, depends on your capabilities, obviously. Right. Um, you know, a lot of our customers uh, have trouble getting underneath a house to change a filter. Obviously, changing a filter is very, very important. Um, without airflow, you, you cause mechanical problems with the system and eventually will fail. So you got to, you know, regularly change the filter. The other item that, you know, a homeowner could possibly do is uh, clean the outdoor coil. Uh, they, you know, gl- gl- <laughs> grass clippings, mm. uh, things along that that, are, that get blown into the side of the unit. That, there again, is restricting airflow and causing the unit to run at a higher temperature than it should and thus should be cleaned and, and maintained. You can typically do that with a garden hose. Um, I wouldn't, uh, you know, obviously use anything abrasive. Uh, right. That might be abrasive to metal. That might eat the metal. Would you do uh, that while the unit is running? No, I would definitely turn it off. So that's where it gets into ha- how technically advanced you are as to you know handling mechanical uh, things such as that. So you definitely would like to turn the power off when you're spraying water on it. Uh, you know things things like that. So it's always best to let somebody that that really has been to schooling and and kind of knows uh, the ins and outs of the unit. Uh, before you attack it yourself right um but you know i i always uh uh motivate not motivate the guys but you know the customer if the customer is asking you how to do it show them how to do it you know that's uh you know that just makes everybody better yeah makes everybody better is there so i have a feeling just just from my experience with other things a lot of times people call after there's a problem is there any kind of like maintenance make it say hey guys i want you to come out 
once twice a year and make sure all this is kept up yep we do have we do have maintenance contracts um that we offer for residential commercial customers and um typically we well not typically we we send out reminder cards every typically it's twice a year and we send out reminder cards every every uh, six months, and we ask that they call in and schedule their maintenance. And if they don't, then we um, we, re- we try and reach out to them with phone calls and emails and that kind of thing. So. That sounds like my speed. Let's yeah. get somebody that knows what they're doing to keep it keep on top of it. Now, th- this made me curious when you said this. I've had some places over the years with some really tiny crawl spaces. Do you have like a real little person that y'all have sometimes <laughs> to get in those spots? You laugh, but yes, <laughs> we do. And uh, he comes in very handy. <laughs> What's, what do you see with condition air systems the next maybe three, five, ten years down the road? What's next? Well, you know, obviously we've been very successful in the um, – HVAC side of the uh, business, uh, both residential, commercial, and, you know, heavy commercial. Um, You know, there's been recent discussions about maybe expanding our um, areas of expertise, meaning um, possibly offering a a plumbing service and then also an electrical service as well. Because uh, a lot of what we do as HVAC uh, technicians and mechanics is uh, related to both electrical and uh, plumbing. Right. So it, it kind of fits that we would offer those services as well. So we're kind of uh, looking at possibly expanding and offering more of a service to our customers so that they can call one place and you know their, their problems and issues are, are handled with one company versus multiples. And I think the market's changed too. I mean, especially with all that's going on. I mean, we've done a lot of schools. You know, we really don't know what's going to happen with that. So... Um, medical still you know we'd love to get more into the medical field um, as far as commercially we do we do some for sure but we, you know get into that more so we just have to change with the changing times I guess and there's something to be said for not only having okay I trust this company with this so I know I can trust them with these but you you, you know what's going on in these other components of their their house and their life right I mean that's right. a big difference it's right my analogy is with the with the world I do is it's when your attorney talks to your CPA and talks to your, your financial advisor, everybody's on the same page. So I think that'd be very powerful to say, Hey, I've got a a home maintenance, a home team. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, just for example, we had a technician out at a home that uh, a plumbing company put a uh, hot water heater in and didn't vent it. Mm. You know, there's carbon monoxide entering the house. Um, you know, and our technician was there doing the HVC maintenance looks up and, and sees the vent missing off a hot water heater. So, you know, luckily, uh, he was unhurt, but you know, there again, you know, we're, you know, we're we're supposed to be experts in the HVC field, and we had a great technician on site who identified that issue and, right. you know, turned off the hot water heater before it came. I mean, a real problem. A big issue. Yeah. Well, you, I guys, I tell you, I'm I'm excited as we've talked about this. I'm excited about seeing the next three, five, ten years, and some of these things come to fruition. I just want to thank you guys for sharing a little bit about the business, the background, the things you're doing in your community and how you're handling this 2020 epidemic pandemic and i'm just looking forward to seeing condition air systems in our community growing and moving forward so thanks brooke andy thanks thank so much you. for coming thank out. you bill i think this has been another great business another great show absolutely and great things are ahead for this company as uh, they've had a wonderful foundation and they're going to springboard from here we can tell well and for people listening and say hey you know what i'm looking for that what's the best way to connect Call us at website, conditionedairsystems.com, um, 1-800-AC-REPAIR. Um, we're all over. Okay, find you. You can find us, yes. Reach out. The WDUN website. I mean, okay. yeah. 
All right, guys, thanks again, and look forward to having you back in the future. All right, Bill, it's been another great show. We'll see you next week right here, same time, same place, on North Georgia Business Radio X. You know, on North Georgia Business Radio X, we talk a lot about businesses in our community. But one of the things I don't know that we talk enough about is beauty and art. And I'm excited today, Dr. Bill, that we have some guests that can really speak to that. We absolutely do. And it's a pleasure, Bo, to welcome from Gallery on the Square, Ruth Money and Lydia Ferguson. I asked them if they had any official titles. They said they don't care for that. They are artists and they love to promote art. I think that's a great title, Artist. How about that? Yes, and I I believe one of the points that we should explore at first is why do we have art? Is it um, is it a luxury? Is is it a necessity? Is it worth spending time and money and attention on? Is it worth teaching children? So Ruth and Lydia respond to that for us, please. Art is life. Life is art. Without art, it, uh, life would not be worth living. And you might consider a practical business point of view. Uh, as you probably know, when businesses are looking to for a good place to start up or expand their business or move to, get to uh, Gainesville, they think about their children and their education first and the quality of that. Secondly, they want to know about the arts in the community, not only uh, visual arts and painting like we have, sculpture and, and uh, pottery, but also the performing arts. Any sort of art uh, makes a community. Symphonies, which unfortunately we've had but we don't have now, but hopefully we'll get it back. But any sort of good music mm. or art of any kind. It enriches life. It enriches life. It makes life worth living. When you think about it, everything you do every day is art. You know, the way you talk, the way you um, sing, you know, the way you uh, visit with your friends. That's a that's an art approach to life, I think. Um, my sister and I have paintings that are great-grandmother did when she was a young woman and we cherish those so much and I hope that some of my paintings will find their way to maybe my great-grandchild or my great-great-grandchild and you know it's it's just it just keeps going on and on and on it's a part of your legacy Mm -hmm. and we're talking about some things like like painting and sculpting but I love that you guys kind of opened up that definition. Uh, would you say arts, anything that, that we apply some kind of creative aspect to? I mean, it could be Absolutely. business, life, I mean, anything. Absolutely. I think of the, the windows in your church, for goodness sakes. Mm. Gorgeous art. Think of God's art, or what I call God's art. Everything outside you, the beautiful flowers and mountains and scenery, that's all art. And also athletics, I think, the, um, really? the way athletes move, the mm-hmm. way they um, approach their whatever it is, their sport that they um, accomplish, uh, they are doing something artistic. Right. It's a true art. I, I can see that. That's Well, ladies, will you talk a little bit about to you kind of what your journey is or what art's meant to you specifically and, and maybe a little bit about what you do now, whether it's the painting or the sculpting. And just I want our listeners to get to know you guys specifically, and then we'll get back to the gallery. 
Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> um, let's see. I have, um, I oh, I have um, been doing art my whole life. Uh, my uh, mother says that I do not have an article of clothing that does not have paint on it somewhere <laughs> or glue or something, and um, um, just have always had her dining room table piled up with scraps of paper or little sketches or whatever. Started when you were a kid? I did. I did. Um, um I'm a military child, so my sister and I, when uh, we traveled so much and moved so much that art was our salvation. Um, it was we, in one steady part of your life. Yeah, it, it really was. And so um, about 25 years ago, I got kind of serious with it um, as far as oil painting is concerned. I had a, a friend that mentioned to me she was going to be teaching some classes, and so I started then. And... Um, picked up some workshops and picked up some other um, uh, techniques from friends and painters. And um, now I just, I really enjoy it. It's it's a soothing, sometimes frustrating, <laughs> but it, it's really a, a, a wonderful part of my life. And Ruth, how about you? Pretty much the same. Um, of course, I am 98 years old. And uh, so I've lived a long time. But I did uh, doodle and draw all over my school papers when I was supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, doing something more serious. <clears throat> and um, uh, But I did not major in art in college uh, because I didn't think I could make a living uh, in anything. Now, of course, it's, it's certainly different with graphic arts and um, teaching is a, more of a more prevalent now, but uh, when I was probably uh, 50 or 60, I took, well, I lived in Chattanooga, Tennessee at the time, and I took uh, quite a few courses in art at the college there, and uh, just, I mean, I took them for credit, but it was also just to get me involved because I knew I wanted to be involved in some way and there's a wonderful museum there the Hunter Museum of American Art it has the probably the largest collection of American art in the southeast and I was a docent there for 12 years and that taught me a lot more about art so uh, and then of course we have coming through the Quinlan and some other locations close around, we have perfectly wonderful, nationally renowned mm-hmm. artists teaching. Wow. And I have, uh, my daughter here is an artist, as you know, Ann Goble, and when I moved here 15 years ago, she said, Mother, you're going to get serious about your art, and gave me paints, and she gave me a list of people uh, that I should take under when they come to Quinlan, and I did. And that was a great, great uh, way to become a little bit accomplished. And then I started entering shows. And uh, uh, shout out to the Quinlan for mm-hmm. having people like that, of that caliber here, and of uh, helping us along the way. So no plans, I hear, to stop learning, stop experimenting. Oh, no, you don't ever stop learning, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. No. no. No, I hope not. No, 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 because there's always someone 
who has a new technique or a, a new style or something that you're eager to learn. I think what comes to my mind with what both of you have said about developing your art, there may be, there may be many people who have a degree of innate talent and they don't know it. But you have, it's like any skill. You have to identify that that's an interest of yours. And it's not as though a painting just appears. It takes, uh, as you say, training. It takes years of development. It takes stimulating the imagination. And like anything else you learn, there's a trial and failure. And <laughs> it, it, but, but there must be many people who do not develop or attempt to develop what, what could be a joy in learning art. Well, not everybody has the opportunity. Yes. So you're certainly right about that. Uh, there well, are a lot of people that come in the gallery that say, oh, I, I can't draw a straight line or a stick figure or whatever. And and I say, oh, no, you can. You can do it. It's it. You just have to believe in yourself. Well, that was my question as, as we're talking through this. You know, we get busy with careers, raising families. But I think innately in all of us there's some desire to be creative and to do art what do you say to that person because you you guys are great examples of this to that person that that they're telling themselves this story i waited too long to start i really don't have any talent that's not the message it's not about competing with somebody else right it's about Mm -mm. no i was 75 when i really got serious about it so you know (laughs) there you go i can i can say that and wonderful exhibit a right there. if you want to dress draw a straight line that's what rulers are for (laughs) uh we we don't have to draw a straight line we we know how to do that um so i think i've debated and i'd I'd like to know what lydia thinks about the the talent and um how much weight you give to talent and how much weight you give to education in the arts. I personally have come to the conclusion that talent is not, doesn't have to be very great. You have to have a passion for it. But I think education is more important than talent. What do you think, Lydia? Um, I think I think you're right about that. Uh, you, There are people, oh my goodness, there are people that can just, Wow! Right. Just do it right, right, right straight from the start, and oh, their paintings, their artwork, their drawings are just incredible. Um, but they work at it. It's not like you know, just a uh, right out of the gate. I, get, I don't think that's the term. I get my idioms mixed up, but anyway, <laughs> I think that's it. But um, yeah, I, I think that after you discover that it is a passion than probably going and, and getting some education. Although I have to say Mary Engelbright is a wonderful um, illustrator, and she did she refused to take art because she did not want to be tainted by someone else's idea of what mm. art was. And she, I don't, I'm sure some of your listeners know who she is. She's she's really wonderful card artist. So I, for for our first step, I have an idea what you guys might say. I'm interested. What would you say? Hey, go sign up for a class and experiment. If I'm interested in participating or getting a little more into some kind of expression of creativity and art. Yes. Yes. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. And I would yeah. uh, make some effort to help them decide where to go and uh, to whom they should 
bark under. And, and you've already said, Ruth, there's great resources right here in our community. Absolutely. Amazing resources. Incredible. Okay. Yeah. Well, getting to know these guys here, and what I want to do when we come back is talk specifically about the gallery on the square. We'll talk a little bit about the history and where things are going. But I'm excited, Bill. This is a great conversation. Yes, and I remember as a kid doing uh, a good bit of scribbling. I, I suppose a lot of kids have an idea about what they want to do when they grow up and for some odd reason, I drew photos, I mean, not photos, but I drew sketches of a deep-sea diver. Oh. <laughs> that, was, that was my fantasy. Eventually, I did some scuba diving, so, but I, of course, never did that professionally. So you had the whole big helmet and everything? Yeah, oh, yes. Oh, yes. I had the helmet, the hose, the bubbles, uh, uh, the big, heavy outfit. And that, that was my early fantasy. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton. We're talking to Ruth Money and Lydia Ferguson from Gallery on the Square. We'll be right back with more right here on North Georgia Business Radio X. So the Gallery on the Square, fascinating conversation, Bill. It's been a resource in our community for a while now, having a great conversation with Ruth Money and Lydia Ferguson here. And what I would like to do for our listeners is let's just make let's just give them the kind of the history how did it come to be how did the gallery on the square come to be and kind of you know i know it's had a couple of locations and things like that so let's just go back and and bring it to date i'll start and lydia can can pick up what she remembers you may um you may uh remember that in 2009 there was a sort of a dip in the economy mm-hmm. the real estate <laughs> sort of yes yes little and there were quite a few storefronts on the square that were empty, and some of them weren't in very good shape either. So a, very, a kind landlord gave us a storefront. It was a one ten. Yeah. 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 One ten. Two ten. Two ten Washington Street. Okay. And mm-hmm. it was actually a wonderful space. It needed a lot of cleanup and and um paint paint and a lot of things and we didn't have much money to do anything with but the good the good news is this kind landlord gave us that space if we would clean it up and paint which we did ourselves and um and he would take i remember 15 percent of our of our uh sales so that's how we got started, and it was a very good start. Of course, eventually um, the economy got much better, and somebody came along and offered him real money for the space. <laughs> so, so we, we had to move. Yeah, we had to move off the square, yeah. which we were all sad about. Yeah, we were very sad. We were down on Main Street. Because the square gets so much traffic, foot Absolutely. traffic. Yes. So we were down on Main Street for a while in a big space and uh we could pay the rent by that time so that was an improvement Mm -hmm. but um but it was not as good a location so we were happy when we were able to get back up on the square in the um uh where we are now except behind it so it was main street market main street market Mm -hmm. except behind where we are now so we were there for several years and then this Space where we are now became available, 
and we painted that and cleaned it up. <laughs> I see a pattern here, right? Yeah. I'm just going to fix it up. So we're real happy where we are now. I'm sure they do a good paint job. I was bringing the painters. Yes. A, a lot of detail. I bet. I bet. But we were excited because it was a storefront. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, what goes on there? I know, I know. There's art displayed there. Um, what, what is the function of the the gallery? Uh, you got you have people come in. Any classes? I mean, what what all goes on at the gallery? We display our art. With, there's um, nine of us painters. Okay. And um, should I tell you their names? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who are the painters? Yay! This is okay. a highlight. The the painters: Ann Goble, Fran Hazel, Ann Brody Hill, Paula Hoffman, Joyce Horner, Ruth Money. Um, we have a, a, a new artist just coming in, Deborah Needlehofer and Connie Riley, and we're all local. Our, we have a sculptor, uh, Jane Hammer, beautiful work, and um, Pam Kohler-Camp, who is the potter, and her pottery is fabulous. Uh, a lot of us can't resist it when she brings it in, so we're all collectors. But um, those are the artists, um, and we each take turns work in the gallery we're open short amount of time now um what are your days and, and okay. hours okay um now we're open wednesday thursday friday and saturday from 12 to 5 because of the virus um, we kind of limited our hours some of the artists are not able to work in the gallery um hosting the gallery um, and uh, we just we each have an area of the gallery, about ten linear feet, and then uh, of wall space, and then it goes up, and that's where we display our art, each one of us. And um, about every three months, we have fruit basket turnover, and we change our walls. We all move around and keep it fresh. And you've had, as I recall, you've had some open houses in the the evening where. People could get off from work and come by. Yes, our receptions have been a a big boost to the gallery. I think, uh, mm-hmm. and we've enjoyed them too. We serve. Uh, we've had about three receptions a year, uh, five to seven in the evening. Usually a Thursday because that's the art reception night. And we invite people that have come into our gallery and given us their email. So if you would like to be invited to one of our receptions, come in the gallery and sign the book with your name and email. However, uh, now with COVID, uh, we're not, of course, allowed to have a reception. So we're going to have a... uh, I'll let Lydia tell you about that. Okay, it's exciting. We've decided to have a pop-up sale, and which are really fun right now and it will be october 15th 16th and 17th and we're going to expand our hours 12 to 7 and um we will have two artists demoing each day um doing paintings and um we will all be bringing in our um extra inventory that we can't fit on our walls right now because we're limited in space so we're going to bring them and um, set them around and just have a lot of extra art and um, it's kind of in uh, in lieu of our reception because it's just, you know, not what we can do right now. But if we spread it out over three days, we thought that it might be safe enough for everyone to come. 
So there's still an opportunity to come out and see what's there. Yeah. Well, one of the things I want to talk about when we come back is, I'm, well, I know that community support has played a big role in what you guys do there. So, ladies, any final thoughts for our listeners as far as the, the gallery or you can talk about art, but this is just kind of the, the parting shot here. Come to our pop-up in October. I like it. And if you are interested in art, please try your hand at it. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Dr. Bill, it's been fun. Fascinating. We've been talking about Gallery on the Square with Ruth Money and Lydia Ferguson. And we'll see you next week. Same time. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place right here on North Georgia Business Radio X. You've been listening to North Georgia Business Radio X with Bo Henderson. What local business do you know that should be highlighted on our program? Let us know. Just search North Georgia Business Radio X on Facebook or contact Bo at businessradiox.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And remember to support our local businesses.